Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 203 of Cincinnati. Yes, I got the number right uh, this week. How, uh, how good of me and professional of me. My name is Paul Hirons. And of course, we're coming to you after a crushing defeat in the AFC Championship game to the Kansas City Jabronis. Um, <laughs> if you, uh, that's a reference, obviously, to uh, Travis Kelsey's uh, put-down of uh, Cincinnati Mayor Pureval. Uh, anyway, what am I talking about? Yes, a defeat. Oh, a painful defeat. It came down to the last. You don't need to be told that. You know it. You feel it in every fibre of your body. It's been torn apart. You're crying on the inside, sometimes outside as well. So this is more of a group therapy session this week uh, to recap the game. If you can face that and uh, also... I don't know. Just go over and acknowledge what a also what a fantastic season. So it's a bit of bit bit of sweetness going on there, uh, a bit like a juicy lemon. Uh, speaking of juicy lemons, it's Nathan Palmer. How are you doing, my son? Um, I think I'm glad we've left it a day or two. I think we've gone out on the Monday and we're a bit tired and feeling emotional. A bit. Yeah, it might have been a different podcast, but I think after a night's sleep and a bit of rejuvenation, I've got a bit of more of a clear head to dissect everything that happened Sunday night. Um, I'm feeling, how are you feeling? Are you, have you sort of are you recovered? Do you, do you still do you feel angry, sad? What's your first emotion that comes into your head? It's uh, a good question. Yeah, just a bit of sadness, really. Um, yeah, I think sadness, and we'll discuss emotions later. We're, we're grown men. We can talk about emotions, Nathan. Uh, what's your favourite citrus fruit? Um, lime, I reckon. Oh, cheeky! Yeah, I, I like, like citrus. I do like lemons and limes and all of them. I, yeah. I do quite like that. Yeah, I like I like a blood orange. Oh yeah, yeah. They are oh, spectacular. Sure. Yeah, or a pink grapefruit. Not, yeah. I don't mind the pink grapefruit. Yeah, no, I don't like normal grapefruits, but I like I like pink grapefruits. Yeah, and, um, no, yeah, yeah. We're just basically going to do this all episode to avoid talking yeah, about done. the game. Yeah, yeah. what's your favourite okay, no, fruit? Uh, sorry, I am gutted. Yeah, I, I, I really gutted, man. Because. I just feel that it reminded me a bit of the Super on. Bowl, where yes. It, you kind of, it wasn't one of those games where you got tonked or throlloped or you sat there and thought, well, oh, we've just been absolutely outplayed here. We had the chance and it just felt like 
it just sort of very quietly fizzled out. It wasn't yeah. as dramatic as a game like the Steelers back in 2015 or whenever that was. And it wasn't as, um, you know. I mean, All right, here's a question. Here's a question. Here's Because yeah. I do agree with you. And sorry to interrupt. Here's a question. Do you feel worse now or worse after that Steelers game? But the Steelers game by a million miles, that that would have been a special win with backup yeah. quarterback, you know, against your arch rival. You ain't won a playoff game in 25 years. I think yeah. that no one would have expected it with that comeback and that weather. And, you know, for Marvin Lewis and everyone, like, I don't know, it sounds silly because that's just literally a wild card game. But yeah, I know that, then, that would be the counter argument, wouldn't it? It'd be like, well, this yeah. is there's something like no, pretty much more prestigious on the line and we couldn't think, get over it. Yeah. But I agree. We've got, it we've was... got a taste for it now, haven't we? Yes. And now we know what it's like to win these games and your expectations have changed. <clears throat> All of a sudden, the goal to me, like the, the playoff win that once was, that meant the world to me. Like winning a playoff game back then yeah. was like our Super Bowl. Whereas now I kind of feel like winning yeah. the Super Bowl is our Super Bowl. So yeah. your expectations <laughs> have somewhat shifted. I think that's right. right. It has shifted. Expectations have shifted and they mean something different now and this is now the standard do you know what I mean now yeah, for sure. like you say like winning a playoff game was the standard but now winning a Super Bowl is the standard and you know what it's kind of funny isn't it um, not funny haha but maybe funny peculiar uh, a little bit it's like you know um, in those those playoff years between sort of 20 whatever and 2015 uh, it was always how are we going to get over the hump to win a playoff game now it's like how are we going to get over the yeah. hump to win the Super Bowl. Exactly. I mean, I take that position, you know, every day of the week. We're not a laughing stock anymore. We're, you know, we're regarded as one of the top teams and actually one of the top clubs in the NFL. Just shows you how that can turn around. And I'd much be in this, you know, much, much, much rather be in this position, wouldn't you? For sure. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you're watching or you watched two incredible football teams face off against each other. It was a very high standard with great players either side of the ball. And we it's it's becoming like a bit of a dynasty, isn't it, with um, these quality teams in the AFC between us, Kansas City, Buffalo. You'd expect all three teams, barring significant injuries, to be in the same sort of position um, next season and seasons to come. You know, As long as each team can retain their quarterbacks, keep the head coaches and keep sort of core components either side of the ball, it's going to be a... A formidable task for either of them, to, um, either of those teams, um, to supplant each other over the next couple of years. So it's fantastic, you know. It it beats being eight and eight, nine and seven, trying to sneak in the back door into the playoffs and hoping for the best and and getting let down. There's some quality football being played, yeah. and that's why I think in some ways it's a bit frustrating because. You saw what we did against Buffalo, and that honestly, especially after what we saw against the Chiefs this week, it makes that game against the Bills just look all the more shocking. Yeah. Because it was just such a brilliant performance against the Bills, and you talk about you know back to those 2005 days to to do what we did in the snow away at Buffalo against you know who was a heavy favourite. Yeah. That is why nowadays it's just so incredible to be a fan because to watch Joe Burrow and the Bengals defence take apart Josh Allen and and the Bills was just absolutely incredible. And you, that's why I think when you get to a game like that against the Chiefs, we we, we really should have won and we'll do a bit of reaccione um, in a minute. But I, I almost think after that Chiefs game, as gutted as I am, and you know, there's a really good opportunity there, it's hard to get to the AFC title game. There's no guarantee we're getting back there anytime soon. But... 
you feel warm to the fact that you've done the Ravens over twice in a row. You won 10 games in a row. You've beaten the Bills in Buffalo in what was just an absolutely marvellous display. Mm. It softens the blow. Yes, we could have beat Kansas City. Yes, we had a chance for the Super Bowl. But I think you have to be proud of what the team's achieved. Um, and it makes the whole the sort of let down that much softer in some ways, I think. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um I might not think that in two years. Yeah, I, still I know what you mean. Getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting used to the fact now of like, core blimey, you know, we've won. I mean, me and you were talking about it before we came on air tonight. You know, just the fact that we've had seven extra football games yeah. to watch over the um, the postseason. And most of those games we've been able to watch with friends or at meetups or whatever else. You know, four games last year in the postseason, all absolutely fantastic games of football. And realistically, the same again this year. The Ravens game was a bit drab, but the Bills game, fantastic. Um, and the Chiefs game was very good as well. So that's another huge benefit of, you know, sort of extending those postseason runs. It's just the quality and the entertainment that you get um, in what is otherwise a pretty damp part of the year. In yeah, January. and I also think, you know, in this calendar year, uh, maybe, you know, start of 22 to now, perhaps, I think we've won about, 28 games and lost about six yeah no exactly you know exactly. that's fantastic that's a fantastic turn i mean it must be the best two years in franchise history i don't know that off the top of my head but it must be i can't we've never gone yeah, to the super bowl and then I, I mean gone to the afc championship won that many games i mean statistically you know what joe burrow's been doing and what that you know the defense been doing it, it's it's fantastic to watch and it is and, and, and like we said on this podcast like you just alluded to the Bengals are really good at giving you moments. You know, they'll get yeah. to a Super Bowl. You know, they have got to the Super Bowl t- previous to this Zach Taylor's reign twice in 50 years. They'll win a division title, yeah. won't go any further. They'll, uh, even when they're rubbish, you know, we're talking about the 90s, they will win against someone or there'll be a stellar performance from Corey Dillon or, you know, Carl Pickens or whatever, John Kittner in the early 2000s. You know, Chad Ochocinco will set the whole league on fire, but there won't be any playoff victories. Um, they'll give you moments, and that's what they're really good at. What they're really bad at is giving you consistent high play over a couple of years. I think the pre, you know, the Marvin Lewis, Andy Dalton years was the closest we got to that, and I don't think that achievement of getting to the playoffs five years in a row should be overlooked because it was a heck of an achievement. But now it's been you know, the hope is two back-to-back AFC Championship games, you know, which is an incredible achievement, really, when you look at all the teams and what can happen during a year and all the rest of it, uh, is a hell of an achievement. I mean, and like you say, a franchise best achievement, I think, probably. No, not probably, definitely, I think. Um, but the trick is now, of course, to keep it going. Uh, we'll talk about uh, a little bit about that. Um, Shall we do some reactioni? Let's do it. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs 23. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals 20. Last second kick. Looked as though it was going to overtime. Um, it didn't. And uh, lots of Twitter... Chatter about various things. Obviously, uh, people giving it back to Eli Apple and Aftab Pureval and 
pretty much everyone who got a bit cocky. Um, and uh, fair play, they can do that. They beat us. And uh, then the next question is, did they beat us fair and square? I would say yes. I I'm going to say this, and some Bengals fans might not agree with me. I thought the Chiefs were the better team on the night, and good luck to them. Um, people asking about the referees and their decisions. Hashtag NFL rigged was trending. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but yeah, I, I you asked me what my emotion was. I've also got a lot of pride because that was a tough game. You mentioned the Buffalo game, and the thing with Buffalo, they don't have a Chris Jones or a Frank Clark or a George Karlaftis or, you know, a Derek Nardi or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Kansas yep. City have got some proper pass rushers, right? And this was always going to be a much more difficult matchup. And it was the exact opposite. We started off like a house on fire in a kind of warm, glowy, warm your fingertips kind of way. And this time we started off on a house like a house on fire, but the complete opposite way, uh, just burnt to the ground, basically. Chris Jones just basically destroyed any chance of uh, us winning that game right from the very start to pretty much right to the very end. Uh, I'm going to tip my hat to Chris Jones. I thought he was just incredible. He did an Aaron Donald on us, basically, I think. Yeah, and you talk about that Bills game, and I was stunned, like I was saying earlier, just how well that went, partly because Joe Burrow took one sack for two yards and the run game was fantastic, and I couldn't believe it. You know, you look at some of the guys that were out there, your Jackson Carmons, your Hakeem Adenergies, your Max Sharpings, and... Buffalo's got a pretty good defence. And to do what we did last week, I was stunned. I couldn't believe that for a second. If, you, if I'd been a betting man on that, I'd have said, oh, Joe Burrow under over about five, five, six sacks, you know, and I wouldn't be, a, you know, comfortable betting under that. And he took one for two yards. And I think perhaps you got into a false sense of security on, well, maybe, you know, and to be fair to Jackson Carl, I don't think he was particularly bad against the Chiefs, but I think we got into perhaps a very quick slight false sense of security with the line because what i think happened in that game is you saw that first couple of series where joe boy was getting put on his back and i think the bengals must have sat there and thought to themselves shit we've got to change some of this here and well they did because i was sitting there during the game and we watched it together which was always a pleasure thank you so much by the way to everyone that came to the meetup uh we had a really good night and it was great to see so many people there. Again, random people from Cincinnati just showing up who happened to be in town. Crazy. But yes, thank you to everyone uh, who came along. It was really fun and just a shame the result didn't go away. Anyway, what was I saying? Right, yeah, um Yeah, just I think it was a matchup problem and as soon as they was and you know, it was sharping and uh, energy, wasn't it? Let's face it. That right hand side of the line was like a revolving door. Uh, Chris Jones in the backfield pretty much every single time. Frank Clark got one and a half sacks on the on the night. Oh boy, um, just such a shame that you know the two of the guys that we spent so much money on, Kappa and Collins, just you know wasn't able weren't able to play in this game. I think they would have made a difference. I don't you know I think they would have had serious trouble against Chris Jones the way he was fired up. Yeah, cheers yeah. everyone who did. Fired them up, yeah, cheers. He was well, a man on. Yeah. He was a man on a mission, wasn't he? And um, well, he was the geezer. And you go back to you know the reaccione and sort of what went on in that game. You talk with Bengals had the ball, forty four seconds left. You know yeah. they're about thirty five yeah. yard line, third and eight. 
and you think Joe Boy was playing quite well. He had a couple of picks, I know, but he, I felt like the Bengals were moving the ball in difficult yes. situations. You look back to that false down, the one that they went for and like bombed it down to Jamar Chase. Beautiful play, really a game-changing play, that yeah, under that pressure, great. incredible yeah. play from the two of them. But, you, you know, you got the ball, your 35-yard line or whatever it was, 30, 35-yard line, and you think, God, if you can complete this third down and eight, first thing that happens is the Chiefs probably don't win the game, you know, regardless if you score or not, because the clock runs. It's yeah. unlikely they're going to get it back, barring a, uh, barring a pretty horrific turnover. And it's a sack, and he knocks you back five, ten yards. Chris Jones again you know, taking control of that game and, you know, as you mentioned, fired up, ready to sort of respond to all the burrow head, all the, all the chat that was going on before the game. And that, that play there, you know, you're in it, you're in control in some ways, you know, if you said, look, would you take 20 all felt 45 seconds left third and eight and you're at the 30, you'd say absolutely with Joe boy under center. I reckon he yeah. can do this for us. So was it, wasn't it that, like- that's what, that's like a Tom Brady moment. That's yeah. a moment yeah, yeah. where, you know, you, 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 put, you stamp your mark on the NFL, and you, we talked last week, what's it going to take for people to respect the Bengals more? What's it going to take to put the Bengals on the map? You've had two situations. You're ahead in the Super Bowl with less than two minutes to go. You had a situation there. You got the ball with 40, 50 seconds left, driving downfield to kick a game-winning field goal. You see the greats of the game do that. And Joe Burrow will have those moments again. I don't doubt that. But you look to the, what the Bengals have had over those last two seasons – they, I'm not going to say it was a meek performance on Sunday. I think it's probably a little bit better than that. And I would say the same in the Super Bowl, but it just was a, it was five or five out of 10, wasn't it? Six out of 10, if you're going to be yeah, polite. They, yeah, yeah. they did, they came into action. There were some good plays. You know, they put themselves in good positions. It was incredible to come back. They put themselves on the ropes again yeah, yeah, yeah. against the Chiefs. You know, that we were 13-3 down and threw an interception. And I was thinking, if the Chiefs put a touchdown on the board here... At twenty to three going into the half, I mean, that's like going three nil down in a football game. You know, yeah, two nil, yeah, three yeah. nil down. You, you, I mean, you could come back, but you wouldn't back us. No, and yet, and yet, it felt like felt like a game from last year where we weren't playing particularly well. We couldn't move the ball that well. People were in Joe Boy's face every. You know, it seemed like oh, no, every yeah. snap. And yet, and yet, like you were saying, twenty all would. The ball in Burrow's hands uh, with about, what, two minutes or so? What was it, two minutes? Just under two minutes, something like that, to go? Yeah, yeah. We've seen, you mentioned a Tom Brady moment. We've seen Joe, it's a Joe Burrow moment. We've seen yeah. him do that yeah. several yeah. times. He did it against the Steelers, didn't he, first did game of the season? Steelers. He's done it against Tennessee. He's done it again, you know, half a dozen times last year. So again, there's a, there's a, there's a level of confidence that he can do it again, despite everything, despite... You know, there are a few penalties, which is very unusual for us. Despite all the sacks, despite Kansas City, you know, coming out and wrecking, you know, the offensive line. Despite Mahomes and all that he did on one, you know, with a damaged ankle, which was, I thought, terrific. If you're, you know, neutral, not so much as a Bengals fan. All that being said, I kind of thought to myself, there's a chance here. We're going to do it again. We're going to win like we did last year again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was perhaps just too big an ask this time. Um, two things I noticed during the game. I thought, where's Joe Mixon? Where yeah, is Joe Mixon? Yeah. And this is the whole point. Once they were starting to get through, 
you know, they're four sacks in the they gave up four sacks in the first quarter, didn't they? And then uh, just one for the rest for, for three quarters. So they had to tighten up, and the way they did that was having P Ryan in the background and in in the back uh, in the backfield, uh, a split back backfield to help the offensive line. So that takes you immediately away from using Joe Mixon, you know, to to to. to to the extent that they probably wanted to use him, you know. So already they're having to change their game plan to counteract this fierce Chiefs uh, front line, you know. And the other thing that I noticed is when uh, Tyler Boyd went off injured, uh, it was difficult to move, more difficult, shall we say, to move the ball because uh, uh, just watching highlights and stuff like that, um, it's like, God, they're doubling up on both... Chase and Higgins because they know that people over the middle can't get separation, you know. Um, So dare I say it, there was an element of maybe getting a little bit outcoached as well, Uh, but that feels unfair to say that really, I think. But because they had to... they had to adapt on the fly in this game because everything... I think think that whole offensive game plan just went to shit quite early. Yeah, and there's no shame in getting outcoached by Andy Reid either, you know. He's a Hall of Fame coach. You got Steve Spagnolo calling the plays as Tony Romo was juicing about him all game. But <laughs> you know, they're very talented. They've all been there, done it, won Super Bowls, you know, so they're very talented um coaches. So again, there's no shame in that situation. I I think the Bengals are gonna learn from these these games, you know, that they, they'll be frustrated and like I said, if you got beaten thirty four yeah. seventeen or something like that, I think I you'd be think I think you'd be if you got spanked you'd be angry. But the fact you'd be, angry, came... you'd be angry, but I think you almost say, "Look, there's a, there's a great team there." I think the frustrating thing for the Bengals, and this is where I'm a bit frustrated, is this game and the the Rams game. I just felt like it wouldn't have taken that much for us to have won. Oh, and we're talking an extra second or two. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? it's like that third and eight. If if he doesn't get sacked there and he puts the ball downfield, you know, frankly, if if you know the 15 yard personal foul we'll get to that in a minute if that if that doesn't get called if you know that punt at the end where they return it 30 yards when it should have really been you know we should have been random and it maybe gets 5 10 and then you you know Mahomes was looking the worst part as well was Mahomes this is where you had your chance Mahomes looked his ankle at worst at the end of that game yeah yeah, 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 yeah. took a few shots and he really looked like he was laboring Towards the end of the game, he didn't look like he could do and yet you know, he, as much. He as he pulled out do. that final scramble to to even on that scramble. Like if you looked at Mahomes running full speed versus how quick he was running on that, I was literally just watching it. I've been watching some of the highlights on silent yeah, while we're going yeah. through this just to remind myself of it because I haven't watched it yet since the game. It, he could run a lot quicker than that. You know, he was he was probably in quite a lot of pain there running on the outside and. I think that's your opportunity as well. We had it in the Super Bowl where Odell Beckham goes down. You know, he's one of their best weapons. He's completely taken out the game in the first quarter. That game last night, is it Legereus Sneed or Ladarius Sneed? Yeah, he but went their, out, their number he? one cornerback. Yeah, you know, fantastic cornerback yeah. goes out of the game at the start, doesn't come back. That is such a. You talk about Tyler Boyd going out. That's your opportunity there for people mm. like. You know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins going up against, I think it was three rookies in their secondary that were starting. And yet you have to give the rookies credit because they they, it, they they had an interception. They made some crucial PBUs. Yeah. Um, you know, it, this is the thing is that we can go over this. play. It was toe-to-toe, play-by-play. Yeah. It was, I think, it was an absolute slobber knocker of a game. It, it was. was. a heavy, yeah, I think was. Zach used this phrase. 
it really was a heavyweight championship bout. You know what I mean? Two big yeah, dogs absolutely. absolutely pounding the fucking shit out of each other. <laughs> and it was it was like you know, it wasn't an offensive blitz. It was down. It was dirty. Like a, there was some big a hits. Overman against a German Shepherd. It was like Rocky versus Ivan Drago. Do you know what I mean? In Rocky Four, it was. It's like, it was like me against you. Son. It was me against you with a clothes off, wrestling in a in a in a, in a paddling pool full of mud. <laughs> well, that's an image I think a lot of that might cause a few people to switch off. That's right. That's very true. Um, apologies for putting mental images in your headspaces there. Um, but you know what I mean? It was a proper yeah. powwow. It was no yeah. fucking about. It was down. It was dirty. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't yeah. dirty, but you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was a fight. It was a yeah. fight. It was a proper fight. And I love those sort of games. I have to say, I really love those games. Oh, it was, it was a beautiful, I mean, as a fan, it was, no matter how excruciating it was, and you lose that game, it was a spectacle. And if you were neutral watching that, you're excited. Like I had a couple of friends that are not particularly, um, you know, fans of the Bengals, but just, to, you know, enjoy the NFL. And they were all yeah. texting me saying, call, this is fantastic. Bloody hell, what's going to happen here? You know, because yeah, it Bengals was really tense, wasn't back. it? Yeah, exactly. They, they did a great job, the Bengals, to get they back did. into they that did. game multiple times. You know, you, the Chiefs, you, you felt were nearly getting out of, not out of sight, but they, you know, had chances to potentially get out of sight and we held them. And yeah. I mean, it was a great hole by the defense. We were down 33. Burrow throws that really poor pick. And I've been saying for weeks, and I kind of knew I was jinxing myself last week <laughs> on the podcast when I said that, you know, he's not given the ball away. He's been very sort of controlled. And again, you, you know, you talk about this game being fine margins and a bit of a heavyweight, yeah. you know, battle. Those two picks were a real shame. The second one I wasn't as bothered by because it was no really worse than a punt, you know, as a deep ball down the field. You, if it was incomplete, you punt it anyway, and the field position probably doesn't look too similar when it all comes out in the wash. The first one was bad, and I tell you what, if it wasn't for the defence stepping up there, yeah, that could have cost you the game there. Like I said, if you go down 20-3 to three at the half, it's not over, but, you, you know, you might as well start... Um, you know, it's all or nothing, really, after the half, especially with them getting the ball straight away. So they did enough like you know you talk about Lou's defense and what he's done i don't think the defense played particularly well i think against considering that you know see i did i thought they did i thought they They did did because again they didn't start well it's a bit like last year's game wasn't it they chiefs started off like a house on fire just moved the ball with ease yeah and and yet we were still only 13-6 down at half time and it wasn't 21-3 down at half time like last year they completely stuffed the run game i mean Pacheco got 26 yards off of 10 McKinnon had four rushes for one yard. You know, Hardman had a couple of yards, but yeah. Ronald Jones. They almost, they almost sort of dared Mahomes with his dicky ankle to throw it. Do you know what I mean? I think that yeah, maybe exactly. was the plan. And yeah, you've got to take your heart to Mahomes. He 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 passed that test with flying colours. Unfortunately for us, you know. Um, I think what happened as well is that, and you look at the, the players they had out there, especially with the injuries. Hardman went out of an injury. Tony went out of an injury. They're big yeah, players for yeah, them. Yeah. You know, if you, if you looked at the end of this game and said Hardman's going to have two catches for 10 yards, Tony's going to have one for nine, Smith Schuster's going to have one for seven, you'd have said, well, hang on a minute, McKinnon's two catches for 17 yards. You say, well, we've won this game unless, yeah. you know, Kelsey's gone and had, you know, a ridiculous game. And even he, seven catches for 78 yards, yes, he had a touchdown. It wasn't exactly No, a he didn't, it didn't get out of hand, did it, with Kelsey? But, you know, no, one person that did... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the I mean, one you, person you just, that got out of hand a little bit. And I tell you what they were doing, they were targeting Mike Hilton. And yes. um, yeah, yeah. I really noticed that as well. Um, 
Mike's a great player. He, I think he's probably a better tackler and blitzer and controller of the midfield, in the middle of the field rather than than sort of a straight up coverage sort of guy. And they, I think they schemed it so they would have lots of one on ones with Mike Hilton and. Um, you know, but that's there's the breaks. That's why Andy Reid's a great offensive mind. You know, he isolates. Mike Hilton is no way, in no way a weakness because he's a fantastic player. But as I say, if you can isolate, that's what it's all about. Trying to get your players in one-on-one situations with other players, and uh, yeah, I just I just noticed that a little bit. And um, uh, other things that I noticed, I thought uh, Cam Taylor Britt had a decent game. Uh, so again, some fierce tackling from him. What a tackler he is! Yeah, I mean he's had a great season, and he, that, that's when, when you look forward for this. I mean, about you know dynasties, and you're going to go forward, and you know, can you be back here next season? You've got to see your rookie classes yeah. something from them, and I think to get Cordell Volson doing what he's done this year, and Cam Taylor Britt doing what he's done. I mean, that's really exciting with those yeah. two. That I mean, they've been core parts of the team this year, let alone and Dax Hill know, to some extent. He's shown a little bit, but he's not yeah. been starting. That next year is Dax's year, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's exciting to think that I mean, you know, in some draft, m- most draft classes, you take getting two or three starters that are good players on the team. You're not expecting seven of them to come in and all be, you know, key contributors. But I think if you can get two or three guys out of that class that are very good players and that can come in, you you'd be pretty happy with that, especially when you're drafting, yeah. you know, number thirty-one overall. So, um, yeah, that that's been exciting. But I guess two things about his son which one do you want to go for well first 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 off first off i've got to say the other things that i i know uh joe burrow running the ball was fantastic i thought the designed quarterback draw was terrific and that uh scramble to make a first down when the game was on the line when he duped that guy he might as well turn around and just went up and pulled his pants down for good measure because that was incredible um I, you know what? It's, I mean, they tried so hard and they dug in there, and that speaks to this culture, this camaraderie, this brotherhood that they've got. They never know when they're beaten. And that's what makes you really proud, even though they were struggling, even though the Chiefs were in some phases bossing the game and in, at certain points of bossing the game. We remain calm. We've done it before. You know, we weren't playing like like the Buffalo game, it was a different sort of game. We had to really dig in, and they really did. So, you know, hats off to the guys. But, you know, yes, two main talking points. Now, uh, do you know what? I want to start with uh, Osai, I think. What do you reckon? Okay. I thought he had the game of his life. Uh, I yeah. thought he was fantastic. He's, he's another guy. That, I know he's not a rookie, but obviously we didn't see much from him last year. But he really, especially in the back end of the season, has really stepped up. I think he next year could be a really big player for Agreed. us. And, and we need it because... The pass rush for me has been a bit of a weakness this year. I, 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 I think Trey Hendrickson, certainly statistically, has taken a bit of a step back. He's still a very, very good player. I know he's been playing hurt as well, so you have to factor that yeah. in. I do think the pass rush has been a little bit perhaps below par. I think we saw it a bit against Mahomes. You know, we have, I think there was one proper sack, one sack that was basically for Two you know, sacks. zero Two yards. Sacks. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but one of them was just sort of line of scrimmage type job right, right, when right. it wasn't, yeah. you know, really. But I, I thought Mahomes had more time than he should have done, especially considering yeah. the situation. Um, he had a bit too much time to throw and it felt like he was able to move around and make stuff happen. But 
Asai could become a really big player for us. And like you said, he's been playing very, very well. Well, especially against on Sunday night. I thought he was terrific. And he was yeah. everywhere. And he was in the backfield. He was pressuring. Uh, so, yeah, great to see him develop. Great to see him come on. He was giving it everything. And then... <laughs> oh, dear. And then... Had very much flashbacks to that Steelers game in the play. I know well, a few people have said that. It's like it was another, yeah. it was another personal foul to... to Put the opposition into field goal range right at the death, and that—that that was just the coffin. Now, really, wasn't it? I think. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things, isn't it? I'm not going to be too hard on Osai. I really like the guy, and you could see how upset uh, he was. He knew he'd fucked up, and do you know what? He owned it. He came out and answered questions. But how cool was it? How cool was it? To see B.J. Hill, who also had a good game, I think, a really good game, and has a, has had a really good back half of the season, um, actually, I think. Uh, how cool was it? How amazing was it to see him standing, almost protecting Joseph yep. Osai in the locker room interviews? That really, yeah. my cockles were absolutely glowing when I saw that. I thought it was just such a beautiful thing. And again, it yep. speaks to that culture. It speaks to the brotherhood. It speaks to the camaraderie and the way they care about each other. It sounds corny, but we hear it week in, week out, and we saw it in that interview. Your heart went out to our side and you know, respect to him for facing and fronting up and owning the situation. But Jesus Christ, BJ Hill, he almost made me cry just standing there waving off some of the questions. So fair play to him. That was amazing. Okay, I agree, but anyway, I agree. back to the game. What did you think of it? I thought it was just a bit of overzealousness. I wonder whether he was, he didn't realise he was he was that far out of bounds or at least going out of bounds. Perhaps he just was so intent on making sure he didn't get, or he didn't quite know where the field goal marker was. So he was just trying to get him out of bounds and... Uh, wait, I mean, you know, do you know what? It was he fucked it up. Let's face it. He doesn't no get away from it. But no, and it, it was a penalty. 100%, I, I'm not 100%. sure how you can really argue outside of that. I have seen some people say, "Oh, I don't think it was." Two things made that penalty. He does, it's, it's far too late. You watch it back again. If it goes against Joe Burrow, it's a no-brainer. The other thing that goes completely against the Bengals in that is you're away from home. The crowd are going to go mental. You, you get that call yeah. for Burrow at Paycor. You get it for the Chiefs at Arrowhead. You, you know, it, the other thing that made it far worse, and I actually think you might have had half a chance of getting away with this if it wasn't there, <laughs> him hitting the bench just yeah, got a slight yeah, bit more yeah. drama and theatre to it, which I don't think really helped us so is a penalty he's going at full speed these are these guys are you know very quick very fast his momentum's taking him into him uh, it's an adrenaline pumped part of the game people are screaming he's half a second too late it's a bit silly you know you it's a bit you know and again like you said he's just trying to make a play on the ball you know you've seen in the past there was that game last was it the year before last where there was a guy on the sidelines and someone didn't want to hit him and then he managed to stay in and carry on you know, down the line and scored against us. I think it might have even been the Steelers, but I, I can get it. But it, it is a silly play. And you said it earlier in the podcast, and that was a really good point. This Zach Taylor team for the past two years, there he goes completely under the radar. They don't give many penalties away. And that can really give you the upper hand in games. It's not always that noticeable, no. but it's very efficient. And when you're a bad team, you make silly mistakes, you cost yourself games. Well, you, you, you go back to that 2015 game, uh, we were, let's face it, perfect Pac-Man 
good players. Well, exactly, you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah, there, yeah. Were, there was always the flashpoint there. This team is calm, much calmer, much more collected, yes, much really. smarter, I have to say. Yeah. And yeah. the penalties cost us, really cost us that game. We all know the penalties, ridiculous penalties, uh, cost us the game. We snatched defeat from the jaws. From, we don't want to talk about the game that should not be mentioned. But, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a similar... It, I think it was just a bit of overzealousness rather than... You know, it was just an unfortunate thing, and he will learn from this. It's a bit of a cliche. He'll learn from this, Nathan. He will. He will yeah. learn from this, and I hope he comes back stronger. He was obviously in a lot of distress uh, after the game. Who wouldn't be? You let your team go. You know, Jermaine Pratt was really pissed off, and I, you know, you don't blame him either. Uh, I agree. Uh, you know, like it's an emotional room. thing. Yeah. You put everything on the line. You're seconds away from a super, second Super Bowl appearance, and. That happens. So certainly not the way you want it to end. But I'm not going to go too hard on Osai. He tried his nuts off all game. Played really well. He's going to be great for us next year. So, yeah. you know, standing with uh, Big Joseph, I think. Yeah, I'm Couldn't agree more. I don't think there's much to, more to say on it than that. It was a penalty. Um, it's a shame. I mean, the thing is, even if it hadn't happened, 15 yards, you know, they, they didn't have much further to go. They just got the first down. It. It's not like... It, that was it. Do you know what I mean? It was forced down and he'd gone out of bounds like before the line. And actually, if he hadn't done it, we'd have won the game and gone to the Super Bowl. It, they would have had a first down. Still a time on the clock. I believe they had a timeout left. There's still a very, very good chance they would have won that game. So if I'm Joseph Asai, I'm, you're not sitting there saying he's cost us that game. The Bengals had plenty of chances yeah. to win that game yeah. and didn't take it. So I, 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 not that it's not a big factor or a big point, but... It was just more unfortunate on the timing for him. But yeah. like I said, the Bengals have to look at themselves, not Joseph Asai, as to why that game got away from them. Yeah, no, I agree. Right, next thing. The refer umpires. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I think people who listen to this podcast and about, you know, know that we're not really big on blaming the refs, right? I think, and I'm still not. They're human beings. Sport is full of human errors, yeah. Uh, now you can argue that it shouldn't be. This is why people invent things like VAR and replays and things like that. But you know, it's human errors. Um, but there's a lot on the line here, and I do have to say the refs were poor in this game. Um, but I've just seen a thing where Gene Skeletor um, has just said something about one of the calls in the in the game, and then someone else, some former official has said someone else. So again, they're disagreeing. So I, I wonder if um, the rules are a bit all over the place because, you know, seemingly uh, there are a couple of key holds um, uh, on the Chiefs' final drive, I believe. And um, in fact, it might have been the play that, that Mahomes ran and scrambled to get that first down. Uh, to guarantee yeah, on, Hen- on Hendrickson, Hendrickson yeah. and BJ Hill, there were two holds from that looked like stone cold holds on from the naked eye, and yet people who know much more about this thing than I do were arguing. If you look at the rules, that's they're not holds. 
I can't go into it now. I can't be bothered. I, I do think that you could you could have a good case of a hold on every play. Yes. If you looked at it close enough and you really drilled into it, and this is where I think it gets a bit tit for tat with, oh, you know, what about this and that? And I, I think when you start, unless it's like really bad face masks and someone's on the ground and, you you know, I, I do think when you get into the territory of, oh, is it this? Is this allowed? Is that? That's when it, I, you know, I... I mean, the Chiefs got a touchdown call back for a hold. Yeah, and an interception as well. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, so it's it for that. They do even themselves out, but you know, you know, there was a there was a potential rough in the passer on Joe Boy. Yeah, uh, no, that's which should have been called. Uh, Hayden Hurst, I think, on that last drive, caught the ball and was out of bounds, and yet they called it inbounds, and the clock kept running. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, there was a late hit, I think, on the drive uh, late in the first half when I think it might have been Mixon who got shoved out of bounds when he was actually out of bounds. Again, borderline stuff there. Yeah, you can yeah. go either way on this. But the real fiasco was that crazy third down that wasn't a third down. Oh, let's just do that again because we haven't got the clock set properly. And there was a geezer coming on the field, but he didn't blow his whistle, so the play wasn't dead. But now yeah, he wanted to he be did. dead. I think he did blow his whistle. He did blow. See, I'm confused about it. It's it's you couldn't. I when when he when that play was happening, I did thought I could hear. I did think I could hear something slightly above the crowd noise, but I I, I didn't think much of it. You couldn't see anyone on the field. You couldn't see flag on the screen or anything. Mm. And I don't think any of the players because it's quite a quick play, wasn't it? Mahomes sort of dropped back. Yeah. You know, quickly threw it into the ground. You know, no one around him. It's like, oh, sweet, everyone's cheering. Punt team are coming on the field, and then no one's really recognised this geezer. You know, and obviously he's not throwing a flag, so it's not like you've got a flag on the field to signify that you know something's happened. He's just trying to wave it dead, and I think everyone just kind of ignored him, couldn't really hear him. And then the punt team's on the field, and then they've obviously got a Ron Torbert's got to come out there and say, look, you know, we're replaying that, and. I mean, on a key play like that, on a third down, you know, the play happens. I think it was something to do with the clock that was the yeah, reason that he right. ran onto yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that in that situation, the right thing's not. And I don't know the rule boy inside out, and I doubt many people do. But surely in that situation, when a play is underway, you have to just let it happen and then adjust the clock after that play. Yeah, you know, once right, a, football, right, right. a play is live, I mean, people could get injured on that play. There could be a pick six. There yeah, could be a yeah, deep, yeah, yeah. You know, deep ball for a touchdown. You can't, over a couple of seconds off the clock, worry about, you know, impacting the entire outcome of a game, especially on third down. You know, if it was a first and ten, the ball was run up the up the gut for three you could perhaps say well yeah go on you know it's not as bad but when it's a big play on third down in the AFC you know title game I think surely logic you know and common sense has to come into play there that you just have to you know tidy it up a bit after after the play and do you know what I don't think the Chiefs fans would really disagree with either if we were in a game like that and Joe Boy gets you know puts the ball in the ground and we have to punt and then someone runs on and says, "Oh, actually, there's something wrong with the clock. Don't worry about it. We'll play it again." You'd you'd be a little bit like, "Oh, we got a bit lucky there, haven't we?" You, yeah, you want to yeah. see it fair. You want to see the, you know, everything happen out there on the field and not be decided by weird sort of clerical and, and yet and yet uh, that third down series. phantom third down replayed whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and then didn't, you get a flag. I mean, it was just did, a slap in the face. Yeah, well, it? and yet that didn't that didn't affect the scoreboard in the end. We stopped them. You know, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Intentional grounding, that was a weird call, uh, with P. Ryan standing five yards in front of him. Uh that was that was weird. Uh but also the big one was the what again, what looked like a block in the back on the punt. 
Yeah. Uh, I think out of everything, that was... Was this the punt at the end? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Out of everything, I think that's the one that could have cost us something there. Do you know what I mean? Um, do, you know what, do you know what's interesting on that? And I, I've seen a bit of that. Apparently, it's difficult to get good angles on, on it exactly. Solid um, angle. Solid angle. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I was reading quite a few people on Twitter and like you I don't know how you quite measure this and I don't know where you'd find the stats but a few people saying that Drew Christman's hang time yeah it was a poor punt wasn't it poor yeah, yeah. but then apparently they've been saying since he's been there that's been his one weakness he's quite a good directional punter and he's got yeah. he can hit it quite a long way but he's not got a great hang time and yeah. I don't know if that played into it in the fact that you know maybe, the return maybe. team but it sure as hell looked like far. it sure as yeah. hell looked like a block in the back so do you know what? I'm going to wrap this up because we could go on about it all night. There's there's yeah. huge amounts of Bengals fans that are really unhappy and uh, blaming the refs. And I don't blame the refs because I think we weren't quite good enough on the night. Uh, that, fair play, fair play the to the Chiefs. And also, uh, I don't think it's a conspiracy, conspiracy against the Bengals per se. I just no. think the standard of refereeing isn't that great. Ah, yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? I think hard. that's it's hard, though. Is I'm not. I'm not completely coming to the refs' defence here because you know I think there were some poor calls in that game, and you know everyone that does their job has good and bad days. No matter what you do, you can't just come out there and be some, you know, Swiss official just get everything bang on the money. Swiss. And, well, you know how efficient and like. Oh right, you know, they okay. can't, can't be. You can't be you're a not, you're not talking, You're not talking world. like yeah. literal. You're not talking literally uh, a Swiss person. I don't know. Uh, you know that the Swiss are famous for their timings and efficiency. Yes, that's true. That's true. But I mean, I'll, it's like the Pierre Luigi Colina of the NFL refing <laughs> thing. Like, get him out there, and you know, he's not missing a flag. But it's hard, isn't it? Do, do we realistically want what they've got in football at the moment with VAR, where everything's being reviewed and challenged, and you're trying to differentiate what a hold is every single play across five different blockers? It is a hard. It is difficult. You know, it's, it's real time. Things are happening quite quickly. You've not got the benefit of video replay a lot of the time for these officials on some of those calls. Like, you know, I'm not completely defending them. As a Bengals fan, I was really furious about it on Sunday night. But yeah, it's tough, you know. It's not as simple in it football. Is, is it a penalty or not? Is it a red card or not? Is yeah. is it a hold? Is these it a are these are very pass? technical it, regulations. Yeah, some of them as is well, he there? So. You know, is he got two feet or not? Is a clock running? It's a much more complicated game, more complex rules. You know, it's perhaps harder to see sometimes when a lot's going on in a play. But it's frustrating. But I, we, we, you said it right, son. And this is where I think we just you have to just close the book on it. We had plenty of chances to win that game. We didn't play very well. I, I personally don't think we played that well. I think we played all right. I think we played well in patches. We had the ball. We could have won it. We didn't really force any any turnovers on the night. We picked up one. Mahomes gave us for free. And you had your chance. They were beaten up. They had quite a few players out. You're playing Patrick Mahomes, who was probably at eighty to ninety percent of his usual self. I think really we were pretty much healthy. Tyler Boyd was out, a couple of guys on the mm -hmm. line, but the key players, the big boys, your Joe Boys, your Joe Mixons, your Jamar Chases, T Higgins, Hendrickson, DJ Reader, they're all out there. You know, Cheeto's missing, fair enough. But as far as it goes, that deep into the season, having not had a bye in the playoffs, we're pretty healthy. You know, you had your chance to win the football game. A couple of calls here and there didn't help. A couple of calls went against them in the game. But you've you got to own up to, you know, what you left out there on the field as a football team rather yeah. than pointing the finger elsewhere, I yeah. think. And now we're not criticising the Bengals in any way, shape or form. You know, it was a, as we said earlier, it was a cracking 
amazing game. They did, you know, when their backs were against the wall, fantastic to come back, tie the game, looked as though it was going to overtime. Couldn't have been prouder of the way they stuck at it and dug in and just showed that famous Bengals resilience. And again, um, what a season. I think we need to get some to some correspondence, Nathan, or else we're going to be all night. Salamander. Uh, right, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. I really hope Ron Torbett spills curry sauce on a white shirt. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people would uh, agree with you. Michael Smith at conniving underscore crow. Solid end. Um, what's the team's plan for winning the 2023 Super Bowl? Mike, we'll come to that next week. I thought we'd take this week to, um, to uh, digest and share our thoughts on the game. And... It means we're all mapped out, so don't we? Like, you yeah, know, we've got our master plan out next week. Yeah. Um, uh, Odat at DZE. I try to view the team on a whole campaign and not game by game. Uh, Lou deserves all the credit for another swarming defence. And though he has had the lion shares of picks and draft assets, it's what you do with them that counts. Excellent coaching. Gotta love the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, pal Lou, what would Lou do? Uh, i tell you what he'd do. He'd, he'd have a fantastic couple of seasons. He is being interviewed by Arizona. Not as we speak, but, you know, just gen- uh, whether he's had that interview or not, I don't know. Um, at uh, It's uh, Playoffs Hubei at the Hubei. Uh, despite the ending, it was a great season. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Slam dunk, slam dunk the funk. Um, any truth in the rumours that this episode will be done in a retro 1 to 10 episode with loads of swearing, drinks and general shenanigans. Great season with three O-line out, perhaps a bridge too far. But you can't grumble with two back-to-back championship games, who day? Uh, Duncan, um, yeah, I don't know. I think people do want a bit of a drunk, sweary episode again, but I don't know when... I think I think the key I thing because we're now in different places, you can't just like nip up to the Midlands. Well, you could do if you got off your fucking fat lazy ass, Nathan, <laughs> <laughs> or I got off my fucking fat lazy ass and came down to you. Maybe we should do that in the summer. I'll come down to you. We'll do a bit of day drinking, and I'll pop open the rum and we'll just have a right old ding dong. And that'd be quite entertaining, wouldn't it? Uh, well, yeah, for us. Not sure about the the listeners. You probably the listeners are probably half, <laughs> maybe maybe less than that. But it'd be the real like diehards that would understand. That's it. right. You know, that's if, right. If you've only been listening to it in the last sort of well, probably last hundred episodes, it's been quite quite professional. We've got more professional, Nathan. Yeah, even though it I... used to be a bit of a <laughs> you know street fight type of podcast. Even though I forgot the the right number of episodes, uh, the right. Well, yeah. You know, Look, last week. Even now we've got. Even now you you know you're covering it. You're starting this episode. You're admitting your mistake. It's very very PR coached, son. You know. That's right. That's what happens when you become, you know, a media superstar like you and I, and uh, <laughs> we have to we have to sand down those rough edges. <laughs> But they're still there. I've got a few rough edges down. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, but Rob Hill, let's get to Rob Hill at surely this season. Well, oh, Rob, you, you, it's now a shocking handle. <laughs> well, that's, that's no, no. not this season, is it? Well, maybe, maybe Rob, you should change your handle to surely no. next season, maybe. Well, I, I think it's shocking <laughs> handle until the Super Bowl's finished, and then in the context, it can go back to being a solid handle. Yeah, okay. But All at right. the moment, I'm going to say shocking handle. 
Uh, Rob says, another season ended. It's disappointing, but it's much better than the years of mediocrity. It's uh, such a shame that we couldn't give this our best shot with our new line. But just like last year, we nearly did it with a misfunctioning line. Let's hope we retain most of our guys. That is a key point. Uh, had some, seen some very emotional interviews with Jesse Bates in the locker room. Jermaine Pratt. Is Von Bell going to come back? Uh, people like Trey Flowers and Samaje P. Ryan and... Uh, they all seem to love it there, but you know, not everyone can come back. Although they've got about forty-five million in cap space, so who knows? Uh, solid handle at Megafarter B. Uh, oh my goodness, B! Shocking handle. He's trying. <laughs> Scott is trying so hard to turn that shocking handle into a solid handle by oh, calling got, himself got, a solid handle. Be really confused. <laughs> he's got me really confused now. I don't even know what to say. I'm still saying shocking, oh, right. shocking handle. All right. Uh, Scott says, uh, O-line injuries finally caught up with us. Uh, if only we had five Ted Carasses. A man mm. who isn't scared to eat a bag of frazzles while sitting on the lavvy taking a dump. Um <laughs> <laughs> now there's an image That's for a you. class comment another great season though our time will come here here now have, have you eaten a packet of frazzles while doing a poo Nathan I, I, I don't even think I've ever had a pack of frazzles have you ever done a poo what's a, a, a pack of frazzles what do you mean what is a pack of frazzles they're like <laughs> bacon flavoured crisps that they've made that Uh-oh, kind yeah, of look yeah. a bit like a bacon. Is it rind? Is that what you call it? Something bacon... that's a bit more popular with, with the Northern lads. Sorry? Not really. It... No, I think it's, no. it's down there. It's like um, intensely bacony. Look, look, you say, look at you saying it's down there now you're in the Midlands. Oh, no, I know. I look down. Oh, yeah, I'm looking down on you. Not, you know, uh... not, not figuratively, but, you know, literally. Um Darmid Russell at Darmid Russell says, sad losing that one when opportunities... Hold on a minute, you have never had frazzles? No, never. Have you ever had scampi fries? Oh, do you know what? Not if I have. Have you ever had spicy knickknacks? Yes. Right. You're saved. Oh, sorry, Darmid. Darmid Russell at Darmid Russell. Sad losing that one when opportunity was there. The game was there. Dodgy officiating... What? To say it politely, with bad calls against us, Higgins mossing the two Chiefs players was my highlight to the game. Yeah, fair play. We haven't mentioned that. And um, great throw, great catch. Just the way his catch radius, T Higgins, is just unbelievable. He's such a great player. He plays up points the ball, doesn't he? He reminds me of Marvin Jones in that way. He goes up and gets it. He's taller Uh, than Jones, though. And he just, oh, I don't know. I think it's great. Uh, Joe B is a legend. We'll be back. Absolutely, Diamond, and great to see you at the meet-up too. Thanks for coming. Marky, Marky Mark underscore OG at Marky Mark underscore OG. I don't know if I'm ready. My head was just starting to focus on other things. Oh, sorry, sorry about that, Marky Mark. Still doing the bloody podcast anyway, so, you know, listen to us when you're ready, my son. Keith Dewey at Keith underscore Dewey. Three years ago, we had a draft pick number one. Two years ago, number five. Enjoy this. We are relevant again and a lot of good times to come with number nine. Very true. Very true. And you can't take that away either. You know, it, we, we went through a really dark period for exactly. a couple of years where it was really hard to watch the games. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say for a, for a you know, for a loyal fans that like we all are. But, 
they were really hard to watch those games to the point they weren't that enjoyable you know at the weekend and when we were all sitting there being oh you know let's try and lose and you get went the first you went all muffly there Nathan what were you what were you doing Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Uh, well said, Keith. Jamie Gross at Gross Jamie. Tough defeat to take. Not a fan of the off-the-field talk, e.g. the Mayor's pre-game comments. Who were? I mean, some people out there were. Th- thought it was genuinely funny and whatnot. I just thought it was cringy. Why do politicians take stuff that's generated between fans? Actually, it's a rhetorical question. Why do they take stuff that's been generated in the fan base of a particular thing or, you know, said by a, a well-liked figure like Mike Hilton, for instance, then nick it and then use it to make themselves look cool. And that's exactly what, to make themselves look cool and uh, a man or woman of the people. But whenever politicians try and do a joke, it just is cringy beyond cringy. And um, um, I think Mayor Puravan knows that that whole kind of, pater- what was it called, paternity thing, proclamation was just... Actually, it's quite quite offensive, I thought. But anyway, whatever. Just ridiculous. Uh, Sorry, Jamie. If he's out as mayor of Cincinnati, son, you think you've got a chance? Could be Jerry Springer, Mayor Pureval, and maybe Paul Hirons, mayor of Cincinnati. Do you think that's any chance of that? There's talks. You're a man of honour. I'm trying to raise some money for my campaign as we speak. Um, You had some great ideas about changing the banks, having a Bengals experience down there. That's right. The trouble is, I mean, if I was mayor of Cincinnati, I wouldn't care about anything else other than the Bengals. So, but you know about local issues on the ground. You know you've been out there this year. You've sampled what's going on on the on the streets. You know I think you could lead this city to. I'm a man of the people, Europe. and it doesn't you matter are. where the people are. Frankly, you've got I can a charming do. accent. Thank you very much. Um, uh, anyway, back to Jamie. Sorry, Jamie. Um, so he wasn't a fan of all the conspiracy theories after the game with the referee. Yeah, feel for a side. Hopefully, this time will come. Great season. Should be proud. I like this sentiment. There's there's kind of, we're down, but we're not out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of exactly. like, yeah, bring on next year. We're a good team. We're proud of the guys. That, that's just one very quick thing there. Go on. People believe we're going to be back. You know, that sometimes in the past with, you know, the Marvin Lewis, Andy Dalton eras, I don't think anyone confidently thought, well, we're 100% going to be unbelievable next year and, you know, don't worry about it. Whereas I think now with the team we've got and the, the quality we have, People fully expect to be back there knocking on the door in the playoffs next season. It's and not that, like and that's because of one person, right? Years. That is because of yeah. one person, and that is Joe yeah. Burrow. Agreed. I was going to say, Devin, that is because of Devin Asiasi, but no, it's Joe <laughs> Burrow. Karis of Steel at Karis of Steel. Solid handle. Won by three last year, lost by three this year. We'll be back, but different. The past two years were refreshing. A winning team with an engaging personality. That changed uh, end of this year and we'll see a less accessible steeliness next year. That's an interesting point. Uh, Caras, steel. Uh, We'll enjoy the team but not in the same way. That's interesting. So Caras of Steel says the more you become winners, you, or at least this is what I understand, the more... Winner, you know, the more a team becomes winners or starts to win, the the steelier they get, the more focused they get, the less kind of jokey and uh, it's interesting, interesting. Maybe yeah. we'll see. There seem to be good guys in that locker room, so we'll see. Will Thatcher at W underscore Thatch. I know it's not your responsibility, but hopefully you address the shit talking issue. The amount of stick 
I've had to endure as someone who did not say a word of controversy prior to the game has been incredibly frustrating. It's making people anti-Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I contacted Will just to make sure he was okay because I, I thought maybe that he'd come under um, attack. But no, he was referencing the fact that he was just reading loads of crap. And, you know, we went through this last week. You know, it's 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 all about balance, isn't it? Just don't be a dick. You know, that's that's the general rule in life. Don't be a dick. I think sometimes you almost take your head off social media with that because I think, you know, most all the fans, you know, the, the fans at our meetups and people like that in person, great guys, you're in a bit of a laugh. But some of the stuff on social media, including the mayor's stuff and people chatting around either fan base, it is a bit weird and over the top and a bit... Yeah, we were talking last week extensively about it, almost like overhyping and almost slightly aggressively the notion that the Bengals are the underdogs and, oh, you know, no one respects us and the refs now. I do think sometimes there needs to be a little bit of water on the fire a little bit with this because yeah. it, it, it it just isn't that pleasant, you know. We're no. all fans. Everyone just wants to talk about the football and the game. And, and you, know, you know, a bit of... I hate using the B word, so I'm not going to use it. Um, but everyone likes a bit of a laugh and a joke and, you know, you prod fun at a few people and you have a bit of back and forth. Um, but it, I think a lot of people cross the line. Uh, but again, I'm not here to police anyone. I'm not I'm not telling no, them. I, I, I agree, mean, I'm just, it's just not to my taste personally. So It's also like you got to, for me, with the Chiefs, they're a good team. They're a nice team. You know, they're a decent yeah. bunch of guys. You know, Travis Kelsey, stand-up bloke. You know, Chris Jones, a very good player, nice guy. It's not like the Steelers of old with Heinz Ward and, you know, um, Ben Roethlisberger and these people that, you know, James Harrison when he was at the Steelers and Bart Scott yeah, and, then, uh, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the sort of pantomime villains that you really don't like, like Joey Porter and people yeah. like that. They were people you genuinely were like, well, you know, I hope we do them over. And you still, you still, you know, want to keep it. They're just human beings playing a game. Yeah, and, let's, and, wanna... and I must interrupt you, Nathan. Despite all this, despite the run, there's one enduring thought and feeling and guiding principle of Bengals fans, and that is fuck the Steelers. So, um, Chris Roberts at 1066. Chris, um, tired and gutted. We're not going to Glendale. We had the chances to win it in that, in what was a tight game. However, we didn't. So now we need to be ready to go again next season. Thank you for the meetups, the podcast and the tweets. My pleasure, and I'm sure I speak for Nathan. It's Absolutely. It's a pleasure to Matt Moonen at Matt Moon. Generally, he was feeling generally rubbish, but it's nowhere near the Steelers wildcard in 15. Um, there's lots of, you know, um, Stu Davis. Stu Davis says the sa- he feels the same. Uh, that he felt after the Super Bowl last year, ruining missed opportunities when we had them. Same old problems we've always had, killing us. O-line, depth, run games, and at times, play calling, completely and utterly fed up with NFL officiating. So close and yet so far again. Uh, um, Paris Penny at Paris Penny. He's still absolutely gutted. Can't help but feel it's a massive missed opportunity. If we don't win it next year, it suddenly gets... A lot harder once the borrow and chase contracts kick in. I'm very proud of the team, though, even if it's still very raw. It's uh, a good point on the borrow and chase contracts, and that is the one. I know we talk about the window being open, the length of Joe Burrow's career, and I think you're right with that. But you have potentially seen that on other teams, with Aaron Rodgers, the cap numbers that he commands, and how you have to be quite creative to be able to keep your best players on the team. So. 
that is you do have a unique opportunity at the moment on that rookie contract where the numbers aren't absolutely obscene. And yeah. we've talked in the past about, you know, the Bengals going all in and be creative. Are they going to be creative with the cap? They've certainly made some moves with the Paul Brown stadium to uh, Paycor stadium. And, um, you know, they would have certainly made more money in general just from being good on the field and selling tickets and merchandise and game day, stuff like that. So, I think they can, you know, hopefully be aggressive with that. But you are in a unique situation at the moment because Joe Burrow is going to want an absolute shed load. And I will talk more about that in the coming weeks. But it is a very good point that you kind of – it's a good – at the moment, it's a good time to win, you know, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Richard, or, listen, the, over 100 people got in touch with us, uh, so I can't read them all or I would be here all night. And as much as I want to do that, um, I have to go to bed. Um <laughs> with Nathan and uh, Richard at always open 85 uh, disappointed I avoided Twitter as best I could for the last week as it seemed way too many nonsensible down-to-earth fans going batshit crazy on all sides tough loss but we can see the path to progress and improvements so onwards and upwards um, uh, Omar Siddiqui at Omario Bolt uh, Solid handle. He's feeling very ho hollow, is Omar. Uh, he just felt uh, it's such a wasted opportunity. We had it in our hands with two minutes left. If we stopped their big punt return or held them to a 55-year-old 55-year-old? 55-yard field goal, could have been different. Um, Sean, disciple of Ange, I was in a horrid mood last night, lashing out where possible, but feel much better now. We've proved we weren't a fluke. Now we can just now we just have to deal with replacing the pieces. It'll be tough, but let's hope Joe can get a proper training camp this year and everyone comes back point. healthy. Uh listen, you know, K apologies to K, uh Duncan at Dunkstar, Stuart Finney, Moz, our old good pal Moza. Uh, Steve McNish, um, Sarah says she's sulking. Come on, Sarah, pull yourself together. It's all right. Um, who day? Jimmy Ray. Um, That's a solid handle. Uh, Lee Campbell, Susan Stople, Tactical Giles at Giles Road. Uh, like, this is definitely the most engaging we've ever had, isn't it? Yeah, VB at Von Blade says it's the hope that kills you. Solid handle. <laughs> the Booker Man at the Booker Man says he's less angry but still gutted. Ken Trooper came along to the meetup. Lovely Ken. Thanks for coming, Ken. Do you know what I mean? Hugo, um, uh, Wiley Snow Pina, uh, Clive Lambert, uh, Brad. <laughs> Need some more thought into your handle there, Brad. No offence, mate. Uh, Kathleen Dragonoff, uh, Rebecca <laughs> Haley. Um, I don't know, Andrew, Andrew Dragon, <laughs> solid handle, Robo Wolftown at Robo Macca, solid uh, handle, Callie Lad at Call It underscore Mark. Uh, that's you're just making some of these up. I'm not. I'm just going for him. We're not playing the name game now. John Darrow, Ian Jacks. Dave Mountfield. Jesus Christ. At, uh, you go over 10,000 followers, yeah, it goes nuts. Exactly, but I can't leave it there. So, but thank you so much for interacting with us. Uh, of course, you can catch us on Facebook, uh, Bengals UK, um, on Twitter, um, at Hooday underscore UK, 
Uh, thanks for all your, as I say, thanks for all your messages. So cool to hear from you. So cool to see you again. And what a season it's been. I think the overriding feeling is pride and love for our guys and our coaches. What a job they've done. And yes, we can pick the bones of out of the, the performance and the result and the game on Sunday. But I think for me, it is an overriding feeling of pride and um, another amazing adventure. Uh, who knew this was going to happen? As I say, just live it. Just suck it all in and savour every single moment, you know. Um, but it bloody hell, it's abrupt when it just finishes like that, doesn't it? It, it, it really feels like bang. It's like one of them, you know those old-fashioned... Um, adverts that show like uh, public information films about wearing seatbelts in cars uh, sorry if this triggers anyone who's actually had an accident in the car but you know when they have like dummies in a car and they 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 kind of speed the car up and smash into a wall just to show the damage it could do to the car and the people inside it feels a bit like that really it's kind of bang crash and then the come down it's a strange feeling and uh, if we're it feeling is. that you know god knows what zach and the team are uh, yeah feeling but it's again the, it's, the, it's the stop time isn't it because you, you yeah. stop now the season's over at you know what the 29th of jan and you know you're not playing a meaningful football game again until september and you've got well over another year to go until you got a shot at the super bowl and that, that that's the sad part because it was a great season this year we played some fantastic ball i think this year, more than ever as well, I think it's gutting in some ways because we really thought we could win it this year. Last year, we really were on house money. You know, we were. No one yeah. expected that last year. It was, um, you know, it really felt like whatever we got was a bit of a bonus. This year, everyone I spoke to at the meetup was saying, oh, I reckon we're winning tonight. I, I really think we are. We were talking about the Super Bowl, you know. Got ahead of ourselves for sure. I mean, I, I thought it was a coin flip. I really thought yeah, it was. Yeah, me too, yeah. 50-50, but a lot of people very confident, and rightly so. You know, we've got a great team. We've played really well. We've won 10 in a row. That's the one thing that's a bit of a shame, but, you know, we'll be back. We'll be back yeah. for sure. And what a year we've had, uh, Bengals UK. I'm going to say that. I'm going to blow our own trumpet. Now we're sort of blowing other people's trumpets. Um, uh, we've uh, held more meetups than we've ever done in the season. Uh, so thank you again to... The venues that are put up with us and the people who come out to watch games with us thank you so much uh we passed 200 episodes on this podcast thank you so much for listening and interacting and all the guests that we've had uh incredible stuff and of course we we passed 10,000 followers on twitter which generally uh, in the grand scheme of things it means nothing doesn't it but you know, that's something I never thought uh, would happen, actually. So thank you for taking the time to press that follow button. Uh, you know, Instagram is, is past 500 followers, so we're, we're on the up there. Uh, Duncan's doing a great job with all the fanzines. Uh, we've got something cooking here, Nathan, haven't we? It's good. It's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I want to say a big thank you to everyone, everyone at the meetups, yourself, for, for everything you do, Paul. And... What a great year and I know, certainly I know what you're like and I know what the fans are like. Every year this has grown and I'm excited to see what we can do next year and years to come. You know, I'm sure it'll be bigger and better. Absolutely. What is the plan now, I hear you ask? Well, we'll be back for a sort of a Super Bowl special, but we're going to kick in. We're going to talk about our players of the year next year, next week, sorry. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the key free agents because attention has now turned to who's staying, uh, who's going, who'd you get to replace, blah, blah, blah. 
Then we'll probably have a couple of week break and gear ourselves up for uh, free agency in March. You go to the Caribbean some for three weeks. That's right. Go yeah. sit in there. I'm going to Cancun on Eli Apple's recommendation, I think. It sounds like a lovely place. You and Stefan Diggs. Yeah, me and Diggsy, uh, or Diggers, uh, we're going to Cancun. And um, we're taking Mayor Pureval with us. Uh, it's going to be a fine old time. Um, who knows the, what this year, the rest of the year is going to contain. Um, it could contain a Bengals visit to the UK or Europe as a whole, maybe Germany. Yeah. Uh, one thing that will contain more podcasts, uh, draft stuff coming up in a couple of months. I mean, they've got to go to the Senior Bowl this week. Bloody hell, no rest for the wicked. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's straight back to work for Zach and the team. Um, we'll see what happens with Lou and uh, Brian Callahan. Let's hope they stay. Uh, but listen, guys, what a run, what a season, what a what a ride, what an adventure! And I must say, uh, I couldn't have uh, wished to have shared it with a better person than Nathan and the rest of you as well. So, saying that, it's an emotional, tearful, prideful who day from me, and who day from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.